August 21st. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verses 1 through 17. Why go to church? God's people assemble for one purpose, to worship God. They worship Him by their praying and singing, teaching and preaching. And worship should result in glory to God, blessing for God's people, and fear and conviction for sinners. But for these things to happen, Jesus Christ must be Lord of our lives. And we must yield to the Holy Spirit. If we come to church to display our spirituality, well, we'll not only miss the blessing ourselves, but also cause others to miss the blessing. You see, we come to honor Him. A key word in this chapter is edification, which means building up. A worship service should lift up the Lord and build up the saints, not puff up the participants. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 21st, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 17. Let love be your highest goal, but also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the gift of prophecy. For if your gift is the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking to God but not to people, since they won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies is helping others grow in the Lord, encouraging and comforting them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally in the Lord, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you all had the gift of speaking in tongues, but even more, I wish you were all able to prophesy. For prophecy is a greater and more useful gift than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church can get some good out of it. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you talking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you some revelation or some special knowledge or some prophecy or some teaching, that is what will help you. Even musical instruments like the flute or the harp, though they are lifeless, are examples of the need for speaking in plain language. For no one will recognize the melody unless the notes are played clearly. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? And it's the same for you. If you talk to people in a language they don't understand, how will they know what you mean? You might as well be talking to an empty room. There are so many different languages in the world, and all are excellent for those who understand them. But to me they mean nothing. I will not understand people who speak those languages, and they will not understand me. Since you are so eager to have spiritual gifts, ask God for those that will be of real help to the whole church. So anyone who has the gift of speaking in tongues should pray also for the gift of interpretation in order to tell people plainly what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will do both. I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in words I understand. 
I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be giving thanks very nicely, no doubt, but it doesn't help the other people present. Psalm 37, verses 12 through 29. Trust in the Lord. You know, if you walk by sight and not by faith, you'll find it easy to fret. The wicked seem to be prospering, but they will not last. Believe what God says in His Word because that is where you find reality. And in this psalm, we'll learn how to delight in the Lord. Find all your joy and pleasure in His will. Make Him your delight, and your desires will be in His will. Living to please the Lord sets you free from fretting about what men are doing. And then, commit your way to the Lord. When you trust Him and delight in Him, how could you do anything other than commit your way to Him? Let God guide your steps, choose your joys, protect your name, and bless your work. And then you can rest in the Lord. You know, restlessness is an evidence of unbelief. Faith rests in the Lord and enjoys the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. God sometimes waits in answering prayer so that He might strengthen our patience. He really has a skewed theology. I say to my people, you don't have anything to bring to this service. You come in here dead. You come in here discouraged. You come in here bankrupt. You come in here empty. And maybe, if you're empty enough, God might get some glory from you by your craving His fullness. If you come here craving, longing, desiring, knowing this one thing, everything in the world has failed to satisfy my soul. I'm going to church this morning because I just might drink from the fountain of living water and have my soul satisfied. That's the kind of people I want to come and that's the kind of service that will explode with life. It's thirsty people, it's hungry people, it's needy people who come to worship. So, get out of, get out of their minds the thought that they are serving God or providing a duty to God to come to this service. They are desperate for God. They need God. And you're teaching them. He so delights to satisfy their souls in Himself. Now, I... I could, I could complain about people coming to get the wrong thing. There are a lot of people who come to get entertained. They're not after God, they're after scintillating music. Logically precise preaching. I, I, I know people who like my preaching who are not believers. That's horrible. Scary. What's wrong with me? Why can't I make them feel guilty? <laughs> Be because that, that is the paradox. I mean, the power of deadness. You can abstract flourishes of language, logical order, 
passionate engagement and like it. And not give a rip about what's being said. And, and, and the same is true with music. Preaching is music. I mean, my understanding of preaching is just music without the music. Same as this, right? So, same as this. As a deer pants for the flowing streams, so my soul longs for thee. That's the way people, I want people to come to worship. A deer. This deer is not offering anything to this stream. It's just... And, and the stream, if, if it were God, which it is, the stream would be saying, this thirst honors me very much. That you're drinking here, not there. Thank you. I am delighted that you're here. I feel very honored by you that you've come to this stream to drink from me. So my first application is the, implica the implication of saying, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him is that pursuing satisfaction in Him is an obligation and is not a threat to your ethics. This is Brian Allen in Phase 3. I just want to, first of all, thank God for the opportunity. Uh, thank Him for His Son, Jesus. Uh, without Him, uh, none of this would be possible. But I also want to thank all those in the ministry, um, all the phases, all the uh, coordinators, all the board. Uh, without this, uh, we would not be able to uh, be the men we're called to be. Uh, I just encourage all you guys on the farm to uh, remain steadfast, stay in your word, stay in prayer. Continue to talk to God before your feet hit the floor in the morning. Just uh, start talking to him. He's your dad. He's your father. He loves you. He wants you here. He brought you here for a reason. I, I just appreciate everybody's hard work every day. Lord, uh, I just pray that we all keep this up for a long time and uh, we remain friends until, even when we get out of here. I love you guys very much, and thank you for accepting me to this family, and thank you for making it welcome. Uh, I'm very excited to move into third phase and see what God has in store. Again, guys, I love you. Uh, have a blessed day. Hey, guy, this is Mike Dozer from um, going into third phase. Um, I want to talk to the guys down on the farm on first phase. Uh, just stick with it, guys. It's hard sometimes. It's hard coming off drugs. It's hard not seeing your family. It's, it's hard. All of it's hard. Living with new people learning new things but i swear if you stick with it you will you will never regret it it's the best decision you've ever made in your life you will find god you will find friends you will find everything that you've ever wanted man just stick it out and i i promise you when you get up here and i see you in phase three i will give you a big hug all right love you guys later verses 12 through 29 the wicked plot against the godly they snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But they will be stabbed through the heart with their own swords, 
and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and possess much. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive a reward that lasts forever. They will survive through hard times. Even in famine they will have more than enough. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay. But the godly are generous givers. Those blessed by the Lord will inherit the land, but those cursed by Him will die. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly forsaken, nor seen their children begging for bread. The godly always gives generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and He will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will perish. The godly will inherit the land and will live there forever. Proverbs 21, verses 25 and 26. The desires of lazy people will be their ruin, for their hands refuse to work. They are always greedy for more, while the godly love to give.